Live from the College of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at Michigan State University, it is now time to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's Current Sports. You want to go after an athlete? One of my athletes? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a star receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yes, did I express to them I was mad? I was furious. Just furious. I know my wife will at least shot fake one time. We're talking about practice, not a game. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cat. Here's your host, L. Martin. people welcome to this friday friday edition of wkar's current sports how's everybody doing out there are you guys well i hope you guys are because hey the weekend is upon us and goodness finally it looks like what we're gonna see the clouds open up a bit that that shine peek through and blue skies come towards our eyes Thank goodness, right? Because it has been a very gloomy week, I must say. It's been a bit of a chilly one as well. I mean, yesterday kind of felt like the fall, right? We had temperatures in the 60s. Uh, we had temperatures in the 60s this morning as well. So, yeah, Michigan weather doesn't know what it wants to do. But, but hey, today it's going to warm up. It should be, you know, by the time you're listening to this, I record the show in the mornings now, but... By the time you're listening to this, I mean, it should be in the in the low 70s. Uh, we're going to see a high of a, just about like 63. And then it's going to get a little, a little bit cooler going into the night, you know, and into the 50s. Uh, but then tomorrow, it will warm up. Rain is not expected. And we should see a high of 79. And it's going to be sunny pretty much all day tomorrow. So, Awesome, awesome stuff. I hope you guys have some great weekend plans out there, at least for Saturday, Sunday. The rain does return, but we won't talk about that, all right? <laughs> uh, but what we will talk about here on Current Sports is is a few topics that, that will certainly uh, entertain and enlighten, all right? With today's show, I want to dive into what's going on out in Tokyo. If you don't know, it was announced this week that the Tokyo Olympic Games will not allow any spectators. Yeah, Tokyo right now is is undergoing a bit of a state of emergency due to rising COVID-19 numbers. All right. And because of that, they have ruled that no spectators at all will be allowed in any Olympic competition venue. That's right, the Delta variant, which has really become the dominant coronavirus strand everywhere, and the numbers seem to be rising more and more here in our nation as well. Well, the Delta variant is wreaking havoc 
over out in Tokyo. So they have come out and said that, yeah, no spectators. Now, they were debating it at first, but but then allowed they, they decided on allowing, you know, the, the locals there in Tokyo uh, a limited number of those locally to attend the Olympic Games. But now, no, th- there will be no fans. It's going to be a little bit weird, you know, watching competition, sporting competition on the Olympic level on that stage, especially the Summer Olympics, which which I, I love the Summer Olympics. It's going to be very weird to see a few records broken with no cheering from the stands. So, yeah, we'll just have to get used to that, just like we did last year during the pandemic, watching sports as well, right? So I want to dive into that. And I also want to talk about the latest in the whole Shakari Richardson saga. Shakari Richardson, who is without a doubt now the most popular American sprinter in our nation, who qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. She has such an incredible story. You know, when she qualified, she opened up to the world and, and, and told of how her biological mother had passed away and, and, and how her heart was really heavy. But, you know, her uh, her grandmother and her family, you know, she 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 uh, that, that that's who motivates her. That's who pushes her. And then we found out not too long after her qualifying that she would not be allowed to participate in the 100 meter event because of a positive marijuana test. That's right. Not a COVID test. You hear that a lot today, right? But no, a, a marijuana test. And, and, and if you didn't hear my rant on that, you, you'll hear a little bit more of it today. But if you didn't hear my rant on that, listen to to last week's uh, edition of the show. I forget which day it was, but you'll find it at WKAR.org. But the latest in that is that, you know, the, the, the latest chapter of, of this controversy, if you will, is that Shakari will not even be allowed to to join the United States relay team. Yeah, Shakari Richardson has been left off of the U.S. Olympic relay team, even though the date of the relay would be after her 30-day suspension due to testing positive for marijuana use. Riddle me that. Yeah, she was left off the team, folks. Why? Well, I'll, I'll try to answer that question later on. All right. Uh, we'll also have Reflection Friday for you guys. I will be giving a prediction on the big fight tomorrow night. You guys know I'm a big fight fan, especially when it comes to UFC. And Conor McGregor, one of the sport's most popular athletes, he will be taking on Dustin Poirier for the second time this year. If you remember back in January, late January, Conor McGregor actually lost courtesy of a knockout due to uh, at the hands of Dustin Poirier, I should say. So this is the rematch. Tomorrow night is the rematch, UFC 264. We'll see if Conor can can, uh, avenge himself, right? So we'll see what happens. But I'll I'll give you guys a, a, a prediction on that fight. 
during Reflection Friday. And uh, I got a few other topics I want to I want to dive into as well um, during that time. But I do want to start by giving the Phoenix Suns, led by the great Chris Paul, I want to give them a lot of credit right now. I want to give the Phoenix Suns a huge shout out because the Suns right now have a a bit of a stranglehold on the NBA Finals. Now you can look at this as two in two ways, right? Because I chose Suns in six, right? You can look at this two ways. You can say, oh my goodness, they have a, a two to nothing series lead. How in the world will the Milwaukee Bucks climb out of that? But at the end of the day, I mean, the Suns just took care of business. I mean, the series now shifts to Milwaukee, and we all know how big home court advantage can be. I mean, that, that crowd out in Arizona cheering on the Suns it is electric. And you ask any of the players on that Phoenix Suns roster, they will talk about how big of an advantage it is to have that kind of kind of a crowd on your side when competing in the playoffs. That that crowd is incredible. Any home court crowd, though, is incredible when you are talking about the NBA Finals, let alone the NBA playoffs, right? So you can look at this and also say, hey, well, Phoenix took care of home. We'll see if if Milwaukee can do that as well. I don't think that Milwaukee is totally out of the series just yet. I think that Milwaukee is at least going to win one game at home. The Milwaukee fans are going to come out in droves, and and I think that they will they will be able to at least get one more game. That being said, though, it, because again, you can look at it and say that hey, Phoenix just took care of business. That's what they were supposed to do. With that being said, though, I, I don't. I don't think this Milwaukee Bucks team is better than the Phoenix Suns. I think they showed that. I mean, even in game two, when Milwaukee came out the gates on fire, had a great start to that game. As the game continued on and and Phoenix began to get into a rhythm and the crowd slowly but surely began to get into that game last night, we saw a 17-point swing in favor of the Suns. And then all of a sudden, the Suns led. And Milwaukee battled uphill the rest of the game. It's incredible, man. And then and then you look at the dynamic duo that is Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And and it's remarkable. I mean, when you when you Look at Chris Paul's career because I, I got to be real with you guys. When it broke that he was going to be balling out for the Phoenix Suns, I thought that was a death sentence for the rest of his career. And I said to myself, Chris Paul will, will never get a ring. That's what I said. Especially after coming so close so many times. You know, I always have flashbacks to when, you know, he was balling out for the Houston Rockets and had such an amazing, amazing series and pushed the then dynasty that is the that was the Golden State Warriors to a game seven. And he came up so short, much in part due to the fact that Chris Paul 
ended up getting injured just before game seven. When that happened, I said, no, there's, I mean, how, how do you come back from that, right? And then when it broke that, that he was, well, actually, when it broke that he was going out to OKC, that's when I said, yeah, it wasn't Phoenix. It was when he went to OKC. That's when I said, okay, he'll never get another ring. Because he went to OKC and then he went to Phoenix. And then when you, when you evaluate the story of why he decided to go to Phoenix, and I listened to Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. Smith, they had conversations with Chris Paul because they both, away from the mic, away from, from the game of basketball, they, they are business partners with Chris Paul in a few different ventures. Um, Michael Wilbon opened up on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, and so did Stephen A. Smith, and they and they talked about um just just gave some some inside information as as to how Chris Paul to the Suns came about, and and I guess you know Michael and, and Chris they were on a call with one another about some venture. Then after the call, Chris says, "Hey, Mike." Yeah, I need I need I need you to do me a favor. Yeah, you know, I need you to help me with some I need you to help me when it comes to 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 finding real estate in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And this is before we knew, before anybody knew that Chris Paul was going to go to Phoenix. And then Michael Wilbon is sitting there saying, Hold on, are you saying what I what I think you're saying? At first he was confused, like, okay, why why Phoenix? What's going on, man? And then Chris kind of said, Yeah, I think you know why. And then, and then it hit Mike that, oh, wow, you're going to Phoenix. And then Chris and then Michael talked about why, the reason why he, he decided to go to, the, go to the Suns out of all of the teams out there. Why Phoenix? And Chris has also opened up about this. And the reason, the number one reason, Devin Booker. Number one, D-Book. What, what, what Devin Booker has been able to do in really still the infancy stage of his career is pretty incredible, isn't it? Pretty incredible. That competitive drive, that 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 work ethic, that old veteran soul that he has at such a young age, it's remarkable. And that and that's what sold CP3 because this young stud will be just 25 in late October 24 years old doing what he does is pretty awesome that's what sold Chris Paul and look Chris Paul isn't the only NBA vet that saw his greatness the late great Kobe Bean Bryant saw his greatness as well so much so that that was what was supposed to be just a quick two minute talk after a, a game against the, uh, the you know between the, the Lakers and the and the Suns back in the day when Kobe was balling out turned out to be a seven hour conversation between the two. And that conversation led to the two establishing a, a relationship that lasted up until, of course, the untimely death of of Kobe in that helicopter crash. And Devin has since opened up 
and 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 told a bit of what Kobe has told him throughout his career. And one of the biggest one of the biggest quotes he remembers and holds to heart for sure is when he told Devin just to be legendary, be legendary. And now that's something that he writes on his shoes before each and every game. This young man is incredible. I mean, and we saw it last night when Chris Paul couldn't hit anything. Booker went on to take over that game and nail actually seven three-pointers on his way to 31 points. Paul chipped in 23, the final 118 to 108, and now the Suns have a 2 to nothing series lead. The Suns have never been closer to an NBA title. They just haven't. Back in the 90s, yeah, they were close when Charles Barkley, the great Charles Barkley, was actually leading the Suns. They were close. But when you're playing Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, that's a tall task. And as we all know, Mike prevented many Hall of Famers, including Charles Barkley and the Phoenix Suns, from winning a championship back in the 90s. So they've never been closer. They are now just two games away, and there's a really cool uh, video that that has gone viral today of Chris Paul after last night's game walking over to Dwayne Wade. If you don't know, you know, the Banana Boat crew (laughs) in the NBA, uh, the Banana Boat crew, they they call them that because uh, a video went viral and a lot of pictures went viral of of, uh, Dwayne Wade LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Carmelo Anthony on a on a boat partying it up like it's like it's nineteen ninety nine. Uh, <laughs> uh, just just those guys, how, how close they are. You know what I mean? They, they're really really close. Those four especially are so so close. So Dwayne Wade was in the house um, supporting his brother last night, and there's a really cool video of Chris Paul walking over and just hugging. Dwayne Wade, and, and you can hear Dwayne Wade, even though he has a mask on, he's saying, hey, just two more, man. Two more to go. Pretty dope. Very, very dope. But do the Bucks have any chance in this series? I think, oh, man, so many things have to go right for them. But I think when you when you compare the depth of the Phoenix Suns the depth and consistency of that of the Phoenix Suns to the Milwaukee Bucks, I, I just think that the Suns have the upper hand, and we're seeing that throughout this series. Because, you know, you look at the stats from last night, you know, that, that supporting cast, the supporting cast of both teams, you know, I'm not talking about the stars here because, you know, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he was great last night. You know, he had 42 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, but you look at the su- the supporting cast, you know, Chris Middleton, who who has been playing lights out throughout the majority of this playoffs for the Bucks, he only had 11 points last night, five of 16. That's not going to get it done. Drew Holiday, seven of 21, 17 points. He's coming off a game in which I think he only scored in like single digits, right? 
P.J. Tucker is just kind of just out there. He's not an offensive weapon. I think he's just out there more so as a hustle guy. Seven points for him. Then off the bench, Bobby Portis, only two points. Jeff Teague, just four. Bryn Forbes, who I, you know, I haven't really brought up Bryn, you know, throughout, throughout this playoff run. You know, uh, sorry, Bryn. He had three points last night. He just put in one three-pointer, uh, played six minutes, but... You know, isn't it really cool? Let's let's just let's let's give some roses to Bl- to Bryn Forbes right now because look, man, I never thought that Bryn Forbes would be competing in the NBA Finals. Never saw that coming. There there are so many other names that that I would put that many would put above Bryn Forbes. When you talk about local Lansing basketball, if if you if you were to fill out a survey, a questionnaire, if you will, of of you know Lansing ballers, I don't know, like what, like seven, eight years ago, who who are most likely to, to possibly compete in the NBA Finals or to have a great NBA career, you know, you you would put Denzel Valentine up there, right? You will put, and again, when I say local ballers, I'm, I'm I'm counting, you know, guys who play under Tom Izzo at Michigan State University as well. But you know, guys like you know Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson, right? Heck, even even a Cassius Winston, I would put above uh, above Brent Forbes, right? You know, even though Cassius, when you talk about his body, he's so smart. I would have still said that, hey, if I didn't know anything about the NBA careers of what, you know, how they panned out so far. And, and, and you just, and you just tell me before they start their NBA careers, who would have the better career? I, yeah. I would put Cassius Winston above Bryn Forbes because Bryn think about Bryn was that great shooter, but what else does he do? Well, he became a great, he became a solid defender. I wouldn't say great. He, he became a, a solid defender as his Michigan state basketball career progressed. But one thing, man, it, it is hard to measure is heart and work ethic. And boy, oh boy, did Brim Forbes put in the work, right? Especially in, in, in the NBA is, and your professional career is is so circumstantial as well. The circumstance in which you enter the league, because look, folks, Denzel Valentine, much better player than Brim Forbes. But he went to the Chicago Bulls organization, one of the the most pitiful organizations today. Not just in, in, in the NBA, but in sports, period. The Chicago Bulls have been a clueless organization for at least like 15 years now. No, I, probably even more than that. Since, since the, the Bulls dynasty of the 90s, when that was all said and done in, in, in 1998, and that sixth championship was won, and they broke that thing up. After the last dance, the Bulls organization has been a laughing stock. Now, they did have a bit of an emergence when, when Derrick Rose was balling out, and, and, and he was putting up crazy numbers and was the MVP of the league. But goodness, man. Other than that, they have been pitiful. So it's circumstantial. When you go into an organization like that, it's hard to have success. You know, you you are a product of the organization that you're drafted to. And Brim Forbes 
happened to go to the San Antonio Spurs, one of the best NBA organizations of all time, led by, of course, a Hall of Fame basketball coach in Greg Popovich, an incredible, incredible basketball mind. Learning under Pop was invaluable for him. And then you combine that with the work ethic of a Bryn Forbes and you get a solid NBA player. And Bryn Forbes has done a a remarkable job of carving out a pretty solid NBA career when many thought, many like me thought, that this dude was just going to probably, you know, book it overseas somewhere and play professional basketball for a few years and then, then figure out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. He went undrafted in 2016. And then, and then even looking at his college career, remember, he started at Cleveland State and then came in as a transfer to Michigan State, played two seasons under Tom Izzo, goes undrafted, but going to the San Antonio Spurs and playing four years under Greg Popovich proved to be invaluable. The Bucks recognized that value, put him on the roster, and Bryn even though he's not lighting it up throughout this year's NBA playoffs, Bryn has had moments throughout this NBA season when he, when he, where he has come in and contributed to this Milwaukee Bucks squad. But back to my original point, man, the Bucks just aren't deep enough. They aren't consistent enough to run with the Phoenix Suns. Because you, you look at the Suns' box score in comparison to the Bucks last night, Whew, all five starters in double digits. Jay Crowder, uh, amazing from the three-point line, right? 11 points, three of five from deep. How about Mikael Bridges? He goes out there and scores 27 points. Where in the world did that come from? This is what I'm talking about when it comes to depth. You know, other, other than Chris Middleton and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I'll throw in Drew Holiday as well because Drew Holiday did go off. When Giannis was out, Drew Holiday did put up some crazy numbers. Other than those three, who who would you bet on to throw up a 27-point game, right? My goodness. The, the Suns had multiple players outside of Booker and, and CP3. They've got multiple players that could possibly do that. DeAndre Aiden could possibly do that on a given night. Jay Crowder, if he gets hot from deep, watch out. And now Mikel Bridges showing that he can he can possibly do that. I mean, it's incredible. But yeah, Mikel Bridges, 27 points. DeAndre Ayton, routine double-double for him. 11 rebounds, 10 points. Throw in three steals for DeAndre Ayton as well. Throw in two blocks for DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he just stuffed the stat sheet last night. And yeah, how about... Four assists. It's amazing. Just amazing, man. And as I mentioned, Chris Paul with 23 points. Devin Booker leading the way, though, for the team with 31 points. And then I love Cam Johnson and Cam Payne. Two Cams coming off the um, the bench. They can contribute and go off at any moment. They didn't go off last night. I mean... Eight points for Cam Johnson, just two for Cam Payne. But, but those are also guys that on any given night, you got to watch your back. 
So this series now shifts to Milwaukee. Game three will take place on Sunday night at 8 p.m. I think that Milwaukee, you know, the next two games being in, in, in Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee finds a way to win at least one game on its home turf, on its home court. But I said six. This thing may be a gentleman's sweep. With the way the Phoenix Suns are playing right now, this thing may just go five games. I would not be surprised. What say you? 517-355-WKAR, 517-355-9527. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at that number. You can also go to Facebook.com slash WKAR News and leave us a comment anywhere there on our Facebook page. And you can also tweet us. Tweet me directly at Al Martin WKAR. Tweet the show at WKAR News. When we come back, speaking of calling in, I want to roll in a voicemail from one of our dear listeners. My guy Alex from East Lansing will weigh in. And I'll I'll talk about the latest concerning the Tokyo Olympics as they have ruled out spectators from attending this year's games. They they made that decision this week due to a COVID-19 state of emergency. And I want to elaborate more on Shakiri Richardson. We all knew that very unlikely that she would participate in the 100 meter relay after marijuana was found in her system. But the fact that she's not on the relay team, the fact that she would have been eligible after that 30-day suspension, and she was not selected for the relay team, yeah, rubs me the wrong way. I'll tell you why. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Friday, Friday edition of WKAR's Current Sports. Right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. I am your host, Al Martin. And you know what? Before I proceed, uh, this was my favorite story of the day yesterday. Maybe my favorite story of the week. Did you guys see what happened last night in the 93rd Scripps National Spelling Bee? Yeah. Zayla Avantgarde, who is 14 years old, she won the Scripps National Spelling Bee with the correct spelling of Moraye. I think I'm saying that right. I believe I'm saying that right. Check this. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. That is correct. your champ the holder of three guinness world records and now the 2021 
Scripps National Spelling Bee winner. Yes, this incredible 14-year-old from Harvey, Louisiana, had a, a, a remarkable shining moment last night as she prevailed in the final round over 12-year-old um, Chaitra Chumala of Frisco, Texas, with the correct spelling of Mariah. And, and that is a, a genus of tropical Asiatic and Australian trees having pinnate leaves and flowers. There you go. I knew what that was, right? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Zayla outlasted a field of 11 finalists to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee title and the first place prize of um, $50,000 at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex down in Orlando, Florida. And in the process, this is, this is a major moment because she became the first, not just the first Louisiana resident to, to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee, but the first African-American to win the title in the competition's 93-year history. That's right. First African-American ever to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee. That's amazing stuff. Just amazing stuff. So we, we salute this remarkable young black girl. This is, this is the definition of black girl magic right here. Oh, man. And also, she is a, a basketball prodigy. So, so you know, they, they, they aired this competition on ESPN, and, and, you know, it is a sport. But w- w- when it comes to being in, you know, uh, when we talk about active sports, she also participates in basketball, but, but is not just good at basketball. She is great at basketball. You want to know how good? Zayla holds three Guinness World Records for her ability to dribble multiple basketballs at a time. <laughs> How incredible is, is this remarkable young black queen? Oh, my goodness. Now, she hopes to, to one day play in the WNBA, um, and, and everyone is celebrating her today. I, I saw her um, on, on uh, uh, many local uh, broadcasts, news broadcasts last night. And, of course, many national broadcasts last night. But that's just awesome stuff. Uh, If you don't know, last year's event was canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, So that that also makes uh, this year and this win that much more special. So congratulations to Zayla Avant-Garde, the 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee Champion and the very first African-American winner. That's incredible stuff. So I wanted to salute her. I was going to save it for Reflection Friday, but I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. That that excitement was just boiling up inside of me. Okay. Uh, also, another exciting moment here on the show that I that I just can't wait. I was going to do it during segment C, but you know why not? I, I want to roll in a voicemail from our dear listener. And again, I want to remind you guys. Hey, look. You don't have to be quiet here on Current Sports. I love interacting with you guys. I love hearing from you guys. And all it takes is just a moment of your time to call in 
and voice whatever may be on your sports noggin. And look, what's on your noggin, period? You know, it doesn't have to just be sports, all right? We talk about so many different topics here on, on current sports. Um, just say hello if you want to, all right? Uh, but my guy Alex from East Lansing, he calls in just about every week. I love hearing from him. Uh, here is Alex from East Lansing weighing in on a few different topics. I got Phoenix in four. There's nothing that Milwaukee can do. And if they can do it, Phoenix is going to stop it. That's what Monty Williams and Chris Paul has breached. Defense, Devin Booker as well. Unless Phoenix gets really, really tired or injured, I got Phoenix in four. Moving on to McGregor and Poirier in the UFC. Man, that is going to be a heck of a match, but Poirier is going to stop McGregor. Sorry, McGregor fans. He's going to... I expect to go to the third at the latest. Al, you haven't been talking about the Euro at all. Euro has been great, man. We got Italy. We've got England in the final. I think England is finally going to bring it home. England's defense and the goal play has been top notch. I've got England two to one, maybe in PKs. I'm really hoping that they get it in. Uh, I'm really hoping they get it in regular time two to one because for entertainment purposes only. If you're doing something this weekend. Then I have Poirier by a stoppage. I have Phoenix and Milwaukee under on Sunday. And I have England 2-1 to one against Italy. Hey, and if you're feeling froggy and want to, you know, pick a player to score, a little player parlay while you're watching the Euro because it's on TV, Sterling. I believe Sterling is going to score. Ow. This is Alex from East Lansing out. Alex, my guy. Well, you know, first of all, I- I'll address that last point of yours, talking about, you know, uh, the Euro final. It- it's soccer, bro. You know that I am not the biggest soccer fan. We We really only talk soccer here on Current Sports if – it's the World Cup, two occasions. If it's the World Cup or, or we are talking about, you know, one of our local teams, right? Well, you know, like if, if it's like Lansing United, you know what I mean? The, the, you know, our, our local uh, uh, pro squads, right? If it's, if it's not one of those squads or, or if it's like Michigan State soccer, something like that, you know, you know, Lansing Ignite when they were rocking, you know, shout out to Jeremy Sampson. We would talk about them, but we don't talk much soccer here on the show like that, brother. <laughs> it's still here in America. It's still a niche sport. You know, despite what some of the soccer diehards out there will argue, it's still a niche sport. And I, I, I don't really get into it unless it's 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 a local tie or. We're talking about the World Cup. So that's why, I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. I don't, I don't talk much soccer here on Current Sports, really, unless you guys bring it up. Or, again, there is a local story that we're covering. So, But you know what? I was at the gym the other day. I must say this. I was at the gym the other day, and I can't even tell you which game it was, but it went to, it went to extras. I know that. And I was at the gym, and there were, you know, I'm over there lifting weights. 
and there, there were two guys on the treadmill. And as this thing went to extras, because I got a notification on my phone from Bleacher Report that some game was was going to to extras. And I look up and lo and behold, there it is. It's right there. And these guys are crowded around the TV. They stopped. They stopped their workout and they got up and were just standing up and they, they made me watch a little bit of it. And I'm sitting there like, man, this is pretty dramatic. Pretty, pretty dramatic. So so I must say that, um, and, and I think it was, you know what, let's see. I, I want to say it was Italy and Spain, I believe, because that, that one went to went to penalty kicks. Yeah, it was Italy and Spain, yeah, and, and Italy ended up prevailing four to two on penalties. And then well, on Wednesday, we, we saw England top Denmark, right? See, I've been, I, I've been following it a little bit. And the final will take place on Sunday, um, Italy versus England. That will take place at 3 p.m. on ESPN. Okay? So, yeah. I, again, I've been following it a little bit, but but not a lot. It's it's soccer. It's soccer. All right. Um, other points there. Yeah, Phoenix, again, like I stated in, in segment A, I would not be surprised if this thing just goes four and Phoenix wins this thing in a, in a sweep. I, I'm being kind to Milwaukee and saying that they may still won at home because they are at home and maybe that, that, you know, the fandom there may push them over one game, but yeah, Phoenix and four, I, I can't argue with you there. I would not be surprised if that happened. And then McGregor versus Poirier. You're going with Poirier again. Wait in a few minutes, and I'll give you my prediction during weekend winners on that one. Okay, but yeah, McGregor Poirier going to be a great, 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 great time at UFC uh, 264. I am certainly looking forward to it. I, I love fight nights, man. There is nothing like a fight night, especially when you got a guy like you know Conor McGregor in the ring in the in the in the I should say the uh, the octagon, right? <laughs> uh, because he's just so entertaining. Um, win or lose. But yeah, Dustin Poirier got him in January. We'll, we'll see if he can do it again tomorrow night. All right. Okay, real briefly here. I uh, just want to touch upon uh, the, the Tokyo Olympics. I think they're, they're making the right call with, with, when it comes to not allowing spectators to attend. Because, uh, again, they, they have declared Tokyo, uh, Japan, has declared a, a virus emergency, all right, a state of emergency out there due to ongoing COVID-19 surges. So this will last throughout the games. And you can't, you can't take that risk. Already it's a risk, and I've made this point multiple times. Already it's a risk when you have multiple athletes and, 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 and team personnel coaching personnel, training personnel, coming from different countries for one event because the numbers are different everywhere. But when you, when you talk about people coming from different countries to one location, that's already a risk. But then you add on to the fact that the, that, that the, the, the location of where they're coming to to compete is already dealing with crazy COVID-19 surges, it adds to the mix. 
So you don't want to further throw logs on this already burning fire by, by allowing spectators to come to these sporting events who may have COVID-19. You, you can't take that risk. So, you know, in, in, the, in the Summer Olympics already delayed a year by the pandemic, they, they will begin in a matter of just a few weeks now, right? July 23rd, they will close on August 8th. And the state of emergency is expected to last at least until August 22nd. So, yeah, no local audience, folks. Going to be a little bit weird, but, you know, uh, Prime Minister Yoshihide Shuga, he made the right decision here. He made the right decision. Simple as that, man. And when you look at, you know, this week, I mean, it it hasn't gotten better. It just hasn't. Tokyo reported 920 new cases on Wednesday, up from 714 last week, and its highest since 1,010 back in uh, beginning uh, in the beginning of May, May 13th to be exact. So, you know, this figure is in line with with experts. You know, their earlier estimate that daily cases in Tokyo could hit up to 1,000 before the games and could spike into thousands in August. And you may be wondering, okay, why is this happening out in Tokyo? Well, I was I was watching a a national news report last night, and the big reason why is, is the the vaccination numbers out in Tokyo. There are a lot of people out in Tokyo that have not taken the virus. So there you go. And the other story, sprinter Shakari Richardson has been left off of the United States Olympic relay team. She was already suspended and, you know, uh, wasn't, it was ruled that she, that she won't be allowed to participate in the, the, the 100 meter event due to testing positive for marijuana but but now you know it it has been announced that she will not be a part of uh, the pool of runners for the four by 100 women's relay which look I, i don't understand that all right she won the 100 meter event at the u.s olympic trials looked blazing fast she tests positive for marijuana I get that, okay, the 30-day suspension, it would run into her trying to compete for the 100-meter, but she would she would be eligible for the 100-meter relay, and you don't choose her. Can you just explain that? It makes no sense whatsoever. I've already gone on my rant about, about how... Her testing positive for marijuana, making her ineligible to compete in, in the Tokyo Olympics, how that's just ludicrous and how that needs to be changed. It's marijuana. It's legal in so many different states, including the one that we're in right here in the state of Michigan. But this sounds personal. How, how does the winner of the 100 meter not make the 100 meter relay team? An event in, in which she was expected to also compete in. That that really just just blows my mind. 
The top four finishers in the 100 at trials were uh, Giovanni, Oliver, Tiana Daniels, Jenna Pradini, and Gabby Thomas, automatically making the relay team. Officials selected English, Gardner, and Aaliyah Hobbs, the fifth and sixth place finishers at the trials for the final two relay pool spots. In a statement shortly after that announcement, the USA track and field argued that, quote, it will be detrimental to the integrity of the trials if the USA TF amended its policies following competition only weeks before the Olympic Games. In a statement, the USA TF argued for a reevaluation of the World Anti-Doping Agency's rules related to marijuana, which is a good thing, and said that first and foremost, it was, quote, incredibly sympathetic toward Shakari Richardson's extenuating circumstances and will offer her our continued support both on and off the track. I get all that, and it's great that they're going to look at its rules related to marijuana, but the fact that she would be eligible to run in the on the relay team and you did not select her arguing integrity is just it's nonsensical and it's wrong final break when we come back i'll put a bow on today's current sports this week's current sports with reflection friday all right reflection friday or fry yay as i like to say <laughs> Uh, looking at the week that has been here on Current Sports and Beyond, where I bring to you my favorite moments here on the show, maybe bring up a few stories that I haven't gotten the chance to highlight, and maybe you know preview the weekend a bit, all right? And I can choose any of those avenues, all right? So what I want to do for Reflection Friday, first of all, is give you my prediction on the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight tomorrow night, UFC 264. Alex may be going with Dustin Poirier for another win, but it is so tough to win back-to-back fights against the same fighter, especially a dynamic one like Conor McGregor. He looks focused. He is up to his training. I've been listening to his interviews, especially the sit-down that he had, the one-on-one with Stephen A. Smith. He looks locked in. I am going with Conor McGregor to win by TKO at the end of round two. All right? But, hey, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. I want you all to be safe. Be smart. We'll see you on Monday. Be easy, people.